Dirty Hooers. Cross-Atlantic nitpicking about Doctor Who. From four grown adults who should probably know better. From four grown adults who should probably be working. We're not afraid to say it like it is. All the word bollocks. www.dirtywhoers.com Follow us on Twitter at Dirty Hooers. If you like that kind of thing. We're also on Facebook. Deal with it. Geronimo! Fantastic. LNC. Cock. With your hosts. Number one assistant, Terry Lightfoot. Oolon Stutters Stutter. Resident Pixie, Fuchsia Begonia. Lord President, Sam. Another Dirty Hose Doctor Who podcast. We didn't roll the Wheel of Who last time. We put it in the hands of the prof. And the prof said, more Mrs. Slocum pussy gags is exactly what the Dirty Hose Doctor Who podcast needs. And therefore, I want to go out, multiply, feed the world, and review New Earth. Shit, I'm starting to sound like Jeremy Clarkson. So, here we are to review A New Earth, starring David Tennant, first in the second season of Tennant's, I believe. First season of Tennant. Uh, and first yes. episode, right? No, wait, yes. the Christmas. Well, it's the this second episode. Yes, sorry, first of a new season of Doctor Who. No, second, mm-hmm. first, second season, first episode of the new <laughs> Doctor Who's first of David Tennant. Fuck oh, fuck it. Right. Somewhere in the new season. That's all we need you'll to do. You'll figure it's it out when you watch That's it. Horrible, uh, 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 you'll work it out, and then you'll have yeah. There's cats in it. Floss your brain with a big piece of hairy string after watching this one. It's the return of Zoe Wanamaker as Cassandra, written by Russell T. Davies, directed by James Hawes, who did a lot of other stuff as well. You did your favourite episode, Fusion. School reunion. School reunion. Amongst others, he did quite a few around this time. He did one of my favourite episodes, Empty Child, and also did Doctor Dances, for which he won a Hugo Award. He unfortunately also did a Christmas Invasion, I think, as well. I think he did a Christmas. Which one was that one? The shit one at Christmas, obviously. Dude, that really narrows the field down, doesn't yeah, it? There's a lot. Yeah, right. How many years has the new series been on? Putting this to watching the Christmas episode. By the time this comes out, we'll have probably had the last turkey in the shop. Who knows? It, who knows? It might be really good. Because yeah. there's so many good Christmas episodes, isn't there? Hey, I like the Scroogey one. I hope water arrives from Mars and turns into the snowman. Oh my god. Yeah, but just remember no way. the last time we got water from Mars, that just sucked donkeys yeah, but particulars. It so yeah, Ice Warriors in the mix as well. As well as a new TARDIS. <gasps> new TARDIS. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> the neighbours were doing something next door, and the missus said, what's that noise? And I said, oh, there's a new TARDIS. We can probably send wanking from here. <laughs> <laughs> And I heard there was a new TARDIS, and they, I saw the photographs. I thought, Sen probably just came all over himself, and he doesn't even know why. <laughs> <laughs> a waking wet dream. Yeah. We were chatting about this before, ladies and gentlemen, and who was it who said it? Was it Fuchsia who said it? Secondary console room. Yeah, yes. that's a good Aren't idea. Aren't we up to like? Someone yeah. else on, on G Plus suggested that. Well, infinite monkeys, infinite typewriters. <laughs> 
I rate every episode compared to another Doctor's tenure. I'm going to give this fucking 20. It's a flat 20, though I, yeah, I have high hopes for a long-lasting relationship with this. And I wouldn't say prostitute. I would call this one escort. Ulan, you're, you're fucking tripping on acid. If you're going to give it a 20, then I'm going to give it a 10. It's about as good in relation to everything else as survival was in relationship to what was going on back then. I'd give it a 10. It would be a flat 10. Based on Ulan's thing of other episodes from that Doctor's era, this one's getting a 5. Oh, what? Ooh. Yep. Okay. Huh. I'm looking at the wiki page of Tenet right now and School Reunion, Girl in the Fireplace, Impossible Planet, Blink, Human Nature. Are all um, good, but are all fucking this is better. Above average. I mean, come on. <laughs> I... Other episodes of this era, Tenet had a full-on full-stop 50 in Blink, one of the Greatest episodes of science fiction ever. I think they should pay us for this thing they did to our bodies. What was before this? Before this, we had Christmas Invasion and fucking technically, which was also supposed to be canon, Attack of the Grask. Some claw. Yes, but also before this in the previous season, we had The Doctor Dances. We had different doctor. I agree. I agree. But all the same crew, remember, this is what they're capable of. Yeah, Julie Gardner, Russell T, agreed. Yeah. Previous crew were also capable of rapsacalic fucking 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 I agree. <laughs> Don't let's I not go into it. <laughs> which is why this wasn't a free BJ. The doctor taking somebody who farts out for dinner. Yeah, and I think that this story is pretty much on par with those things that you're mentioning. Really? I think really? the bad bit about this episode, the only really bad bit is when David Tennant pretends to be a woman. And oh, the- you, oh, sorry. Oh, he was pretending to be a woman. I thought he was pretending to be Kenneth Williams. Yeah, exactly. It's fucking awful. But the rest of it is actually, I think, quite a nice observation of the wider human condition of wanting to be loved, of wanting Mm -hmm. to be something great in yourself. Yeah, there was some good parts. There were some awesome parts in this episode. I've always liked the opening and closing credits of the Tenant Era. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Great! (laughs) That's it! Well, listen, (laughs) we've talked a lot about the McCoy era here lately, and we've had stories that had great potential that were never realized, and this is the complete opposite. This is great modern production values, some nice directing, some good script editing, and they're really trying to polish a turd here, and it just doesn't work. It's a horrible concept. There's really two concepts going on. There's the A plot, where someone thought it was a good idea to bring back Cassandra. Yeah, yeah. That's the A plot. And the B plot is this great scientifically rooted medicine that's going on in this science fiction episode. What? Really? The whole concept of what's going on in the background is shit. The solution at the end the doctor uses is shit. That's pretty shit. Oh, God, that was the worst thing Oh, my God. They even get me started on all of the things that are wrong with the B story. Now, the A story, plot-wise, is actually fairly tight, but whoever thought that was a good idea? I didn't mind the whole thing where they brought in Cassandra. That was fine for me. It starts off well, but the problem is that by the end, it makes no sense whatsoever. Well, I like the tragedy of Chip, though. I do. I like the idea of a half-form and the tragedy of his expendability. I don't know. Sure. And the one redeeming thing about this is that I absolutely love the execution of the face of Bo. And yeah. I was watching that today, and 
that was the shining star of the episode was his mm-hmm. involvement because I love him and that got shat on today earlier at lunchtime when I watched this episode because I had really? missed this the first time around when it was so so obvious that the whole Captain Jack thing was retconned in oh fuck yeah. that's tr- oh, because, man, because that's in this in this episode I know yeah first oh. says he's the last of his race he's the last really? of Bo mm-hmm. kind he's like, yeah yeah. Oh, it's awful that they've retrofitted it's- Captain Jack in there. It's dreadful. Such a good character, the face mm-hmm. of Bo. Yeah, in my opinion, the shining star of this RTD era is this occasional consistency of the face of Bo. What a great concept. Just, yeah. just wonderful all the way through. And he wrote those episodes. Do you not even remember the same horse shit you wrote? <laughs> He just crowbar <laughs> shit in all the time, though. That's his big weakness. His oh, RTD dude, is just like, well, I'll just magically make this work. I know, but I'm sorry. I'm resing my soapbox right Climbing on my soapbox, I've got the anime and everything. You can't just have throwaway lines for shit like that when you've built backstory with something like the face of Bo, something that we've identified with. The thing is, RTD put in serious and really creative effort into building a backstory behind both Captain Jack and the face of Bo. And in my opinion, and I know, Ulan, you really disagree with me on the whole Torchwood thing, but in my opinion, the backstory on both of those characters was really well done. And he just chat on it and I can't watch a Face of Bo episode now and enjoy it because mm. of what happened later. I don't like Torchwood because of its realisation. I do actually like the character of Captain Jack and what they okay. did with Captain Jack and how they made him because of that situation and I love the way he was taken into Torchwood and turned into something and I would happily see him back at any point. I think Captain Jack's like yeah. fucking... No, as long as we have the cool. Doctor Who Captain Jack and not the Torchwood really? Captain Jack. Yes. yes. Captain Jack yes. sucks. Portrait He's Captain awful. Jack is really annoying. But I love and the tragedy yeah. of him that he will make the same sacrifices, even though he doesn't want to make the same sacrifices as the Doctor. There was kind of like a season of about three or four, which was so classic British sci-fi. That's yeah. the Captain the, Jack I want to see back. The real problem with the face of Bo in this episode, though, is the fact that they actually rewrite the plot partway through, but don't bother rewriting the plot for the face of Bo at the beginning. Because <laughs> it's like, oh, he's called you here because he's got this big emergency thing to tell you that's really super critical important. Ah, oh, no, you're all right, it'll keep for another series and a half. Yeah, what the hell? Fair enough, if you're going to rewrite where the plot's going, fine. You've got a 42-minute episode, and you can't even keep it consistent from the first appearance of the character to the last appearance of the character. We're not being continuity whores here when these two characters were sort of the pride of a writer who's known as being a character writer. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, this is supposed to be his area of specialty, and Captain Jack was his baby. God, fuck, you dumb shit. (laughs) So come on, the episode, Sam, the episode. (laughs) How did it fold out for you, dude? It was... (laughs) comments on Rose's ass and her playing with her boobs, which I gotta admit, both of those are quite nice, but (laughs) the bit where she stands in front of the mirror and goes, you know what I'm doing with my hands, don't you? (laughs) 
yeah, we know what you do with yeah. that. And, and you know, right. I'm all for Doctor Who making social commentary. And Doctor Who never has been Star Trek. It's never portrayed future humans as being perfect and idealistic. But you right. really think that the term commoner is still going to exist in the year 5 billion? And I'm sorry, but a chick that hooks up with a Time Lord is not a commoner anymore. And that's just showing a narrow view of the world on RTD's part. No, I think yeah. it's actually attaching something to it that we can identify with by her going, oh god, I'm a chav is quite funny. It's made for the British audience at home family sat around who would laugh at that. Made for the British audience by a guy yeah. who at the time was trying to push this in the States. I get that they were doing that, but I have to side with San. It, it's a very narrow view. He could have chosen other ways of doing that language-wise. Fuchsia. It might not appeal to us, but does it appeal to the average British family with the mix of people sat around the telly being amused by Doctor Who? Does it? I think it probably did. The time it was written, Chav, was a very common phrase. We've seen with other RTD episodes that we've looked at, they haven't necessarily aged very well, even over the short space of time that's passed, because it roots them very much in popular culture of that time. I mean... The particular bad example is the one that we reviewed where they're doing all the game shows. Game shows that aren't popular anymore. You know, what bothers me about that whole concept is that when the classic series did it, I didn't care. Because the entire crew, well, the entire BBC, did not give a flying fuck about the Yanks back then. They didn't. There was not a single British show made where they had any forethought about marketing it outside of Great Britain. That's fine. But from the very beginning, RTD wanted this show show to be an inroads into the United States. And mm-hmm. guess when it was? Guess when it made the cover of TV Guide? Guess when it shattered all of the records mm-hmm. on the Sci-Fi Channel? When RTD walked out the fucking door. And that's yeah. been massive because every season they've done something in the US, they've done New York, or they've done a Western, or they've done a... And his concepts are much more appealing to all English-speaking cultures, not just yeah, the yeah. They're rooted the, in common tropes rather than being yeah. rooted in very specific the, ones. Yeah, the entire BBC have busted their asses to make this show get inroads in the United States, and they just couldn't do it while RTD was writing shit like that. They just couldn't. It's too different. It's too specific. i got to say that it's lovely that it is, because we've always had friends in the US who've been like, cool with Doctor Who. Now yeah. they're actually making shit for you guys. It's your show care. too now, you know? Yes, but now I don't it is. care. What bothers me, again, is the inconsistency. If RTD wanted to write for a purely British audience and keep it hometown crowd. That's what the classic series was. As an American, I think that's quaint and cool, and I love it. But he talked out of both sides of his mouth. That's what bothers me. He wanted it to be a worldwide success, and then writes drivel like that. It just Mm -hmm. doesn't fly. Dude, it's always been that way. But he claimed it was going to be something different. No one else ever claimed they were going to try to make it a worldwide success. They didn't care. I'm a massive fan of Buckley D, but at least he fucking tried. He made it big in England. It had to be big in England first, right? Yeah, I know. We have to have an old curmudgeon on every episode, and that's me on this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, I'm done. <laughs> Who's next? 
Well, I'm pretty much agreeing with everything that Sen said. Although I did not mind so much the whole theme with Lady Cassandra taking over Rose's body. I thought that was cute. It was fun. Those were the good moments. And at the end, you know, when she's dying and that whole thing, that worked pretty well for me. Although sometimes the way they were going back and forth between bodies was just fucking stupid. I did like the face of Poe. Yeah. By the way, that's one of my big fucking problems with this is she needs a machine to do it the first time and yes. then she can just yeah. like puke him out. That, How was that happening? That, that took it down a couple of dollars. Yeah. But that's so RTD. He sets up these rules and then ignores them later on in the story completely. Yeah. So you're like, well, why did you even fucking bother to say that? These little things like his own character development and the laws of physics. That's frustrating and he does that everywhere. So whatever. What, what happened to the strong Time Lord mind, by the way? The previous nine yeah. doctors would have beat her with no problem whatsoever. Yeah. They would have deflected that attack in a second. Yeah, so basically what RTD was saying is that she was more powerful than Morbius. Mm. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no. Have so we ever viewed Brain of Morbius? I don't know if we have, but I love Brain of Morbius. It's so funny. It's awesome. I love Igor or whatever his name no, is. No, we got to roll the wheel of who. We haven't rolled the wheel of who for ages, so we got to roll the wheel We can roll it, and that will come up. Okay, we can just cut this argument out. i got to throw this in. So we finish watching this episode at lunch. I come in, I play some computer games, I come back out, and Solus is watching the episode of Futurama where the cats invade the Earth and stop it from turning. <laughs> and I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? And <laughs> Bender gets filled with sand and Tootsie Rolls. And I'm calling today of all days, the cat <laughs> jokes will never stop. I guess it's kind of my turn. And all right, I'm going to bring this down a bit. You know that bit where they're sort of stood on the shoreline and they're looking at New Earth? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a couple of craft go over the top and they're just lying back and going, hey, you know, we travel now and I'm different. And this is the year uh, fucking 2639 Alpha Beta Dollar Apple or yeah. whatever it is. And this is... Stupid <laughs> date, yes. No, it's not. It's a different date. And this all fits into the grand scheme of things that is the plotting out of the human race. The human race did travel. We've got this as far back as Ark in space. I mean, even further back, this actually fits in. And he's at a hospital and stuff, and he's showing in the future, and that scene on the beach is a green beach and everything on the side of a lake it's fucking beautiful yeah that was it a great piece it really is beautiful and it paints the whole picture and yeah there's cat people here but they're really fucking good they're beautifully made up and they're like oh yeah the prosthetics are gorgeous and the different coloured IV bags those were right yeah and you know the, the, shut up I don't know yeah, the, it's the setting was nice the setting was nice but yes, I was being sarcastic of, about the IV it, bags <laughs> It's a classic zombies episode. We've never had a Yeah, zombies. I made that comment uh, when I watched it. You know, they're, they're that mythos. This is the first time, I think, really, we get the whole Lonely God thing. Ugh. Yeah. Which is one of my most despised RTD themes I ever. I love it. Sometimes I lie in bed wanking myself to sleep over the love. Oh, fuck. I know <laughs> you do. I don't mind. Just, I'm okay with it. Oh. Yeah. yeah, love yeah. it. Yeah. Makes me want to vomit. No, it's... Oh, I hadn't realised his obsession with the little shop started quite so quickly. I'd forgotten that. Is that is funny. Yeah. I do like the little shop. I mean, having Cassandra down in the basement, yeah, it's pretty fucking lame. And having her spewing herself into other bodies, especially when she gets into Tenant, mm. it's just like an excuse for Tenant to camp around and it's, you know. It's painful. The big thing was that Russell T. Davis 
promised Billy Piper an episode where she'd be funny. Oh, you bastard. That's my quote for the episode. Oh, really? <laughs> it kind of sums the whole thing up. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? It does. I, I don't know what your quote is, but that's what I'd heard, and I'd heard this is why it was made, but that's all I know. I mean, bless her, she does do a sterling job with it. One of the nicest... Oh, she does, she does. Worm's head. I've been round Worm's head in a dirigible looking at seals. My wife's family, we all congregate around a rib and we go out around Worm's head and I've walked Worm's head and all sorts of stuff. It's on the on the Gower Peninsula, so I know the area really well, that's nice. But I can't find anything really super wrong with it, except David Tennant camping it up. And you can't? I mean, the solution of how he heals everyone by squirting all the Kool-Aid around one big pot and making hundreds of people walk into one little elevator and then somehow they touch each other and then uh, uh, what intravenous solutions do not usually work ectopically no you think a real (laughs) i love it when she talks like that yeah it's a medical drama but with the emphasis on drama rather than medicine i think you get far too bogged down in so-called research Last week on emergency medical treatment. This patient is incredibly poorly. My God, I don't think I've ever seen anyone looking so peaky. Get me the medicine in here right now. The sets of this are awesome. I love the sacrifice that Chip makes, that he'll serve his mistress. And actually, the bit at the end where Chip goes back and she doesn't recognize him, she's a fucking horrible character. She's a fucking nasty piece of work. Well, they actually made her more sympathetic there at the very end. Yes, you know? they did. But yeah. She feels compassion for him when she sees him get sick. Yeah. And yeah. holds him. The character-ish, but I didn't quite buy it. But it, it's rare the Doctor does that kind of stuff. And he picks her. Major oh. problem with that bit, though, it's the sudden change. Because literally she says, I don't want to die. You can't make me get out of this body. Oh, I'm going to go into Chip's body so I can live. Oh, no, all of a sudden it's all right for me to die. No. Yeah. The first thing she'd have done when she went back in Chip she'd have repossessed herself. Yeah. Have a nice little circular thing going on. Exactly. Or somebody else at the party. It wouldn't you matter. Know, if you think about the way time out. works and the way Doctor Who time works, it wouldn't matter. She'd still be the same. And Anyway, never mind. The thing is, there was a lot of funny stuff, but there was some tragedy as well. And I just thought the fucking art direction in this episode was great. It was a nice vision of the future. The problem with this episode is that it starts out quite well. It's got a little bit of the annoying thing with the relationship with the Tenth Doctor and Rose that starts is like two six-year-olds running around the universe who just need a bloody good slap. They did that for a while there. They did carry that on for a bit. They did, but this is where it first starts, but it's not too bad in this one. The art direction was lovely. The problem is going back and watching it now is recognising the overuse of the two locations that they just, you know, the entrance way to the big place in Cardiff and the warehouse that they use for the nesting consciousness in Rose. And you just like, oh God, it's that one again. Oh God, not again. Of course, that's because they just basically flog those locations to death over the next five years. Most people aren't going to notice that though, Fuchsia. Come on. I don't notice it. Oh, I do. Sorry. Yeah, but you're (laughs) annoyingly pedantic. Yeah. This is very true. She's got a talent. There's lots of good ideas. It starts well. I didn't mind too much that Cassandra came back because I actually quite like Zoe Wanamaker. I think she's a very good actress. But from the moment that Cassandra inhabits the Tenth Doctor, it just goes to shit. All the plot set up just gets thrown out of the window. It stops making any form of sense whatsoever. And it's just drivel from there on in. Billy Piper does do a good job. Bless her, she tries her hardest. She actually manages pretty well. Good little actress. Rose is still not that 
desperately sympathetic a character. You know, the fact that she kisses Mickey goodbye and he says, I love you, and she just goes, yeah, whatever, and buggers off into the TARDIS. Um, (laughs) Wouldn't you? (laughs) We've seen Mickey's one of the characters from the series that I actually like because he grows and he develops and he becomes somebody. Yeah, 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 but hang on. Not too much at that point. I love my wife dearly. I love my wife dearly, but the chance... Sorry, darling, what was that? Yeah, okay. Uh, forget what I was going to say. Carry on. Oh. <laughs> yes, oh. I, I would stop there if you wish to survive the rest of the evening. Carry on. <laughs> my wife is in the other room there. Darling, if you had the chance to travel anywhere in time and space, but you'd have to leave me behind, but you'd probably come back to me at some point, you'd be fucking off like a greased weasel up a drain pipe, wouldn't you? Fuck yeah. Right. Okay. Thank you. (laughs) All right. You'd expect me to understand. I would understand, sweetie. Yes. Crack on. Because you're a Doctor Who fan. Because I'm a fucking realist. You'd be spitting teeth, though. Yeah. Pissed off I was going, but that's all. I'm, you know, Mickey's a fucking lame ass. Mickey turns around and, and becomes something in the end. But for Mickey, I think the point is that she kind of has a thing for the doctor. I mean, obviously. And so oh, it's not God. so much that she has the opportunity to go time traveling. It's that she's got a she crush on this pants. guy. She seriously wants into his pants. Cassandra yeah. even says it. Yeah. So, of course... Mickey is pissed off. Yeah, it's- Mickey is pissed off, but in the final analysis, Mickey ends up bollock deep in Martha. Yeah. <laughs> he really got the better end of that deal, and I mean that exactly. in every yeah. possible oh, funny yeah. and time yes. way. Absolutely. Yeah. Because yeah. that's yeah. a world-class ass right there. So... <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let's leave this reverie and continue on. <laughs> that is basically it, though. It, it starts out promisingly and then chucks it all away. That is the hallmark of an awful lot of RTD episodes. There's the great ideas that then just get chucked out for the sake of cheap gags or a pretty visual. And the whole thing with the new series is it's absolutely drop-dead gorgeous to look at. Just a lot of it doesn't make any sense. True. Yeah, well, they say he's good at character. It's, it's that he's good at those little funny scenes, and he's also good at the little romantic moments and the, the quiet moments where a character says something incredibly deep and personal or whatever. And those moments are really poignant, and they make that fantastical environment in which they're adventuring real. But the problem is that that fantastical environment is such a fucking load of bullshit. Okay, I'm sorry. Hmm. I mean, the the other interesting thing with this is that you've still got Tennant in his reasonably dark thing at this point. He hasn't gone into giggling idiot. He's brand new. Yeah. Yeah. He's as new as chippers. You've still got that slight darkness to it. Problem is that, of course, the school reunion was one of the first ones that they filmed. So we've already mentioned that because it's the same director. At that point, he was playing it very dark, very quiet, very menacing. And then, of course, because they're all shown in not the order that they're filmed, you do get a bit of variation in his character to start with. But then he goes to the, I'm mad me! And it's just like, oh, God. Which, for me, was never very... I know, but you see, that's not very scary. The scary bit is the quiet menace. 
All the doctors do. They have the first season where they're fairly new to this and they're a bit nervous. And the second season, they're confident. Usually the second season of a doctor is pretty much the best. Can they have the third season and then the fourth season where they can ask for whatever fucking money they want and they're as mad as bag of cats. And after that, it goes downhill. That's how it is. It wasn't bad as first full episode goes, which is why I gave it a 10. But there were major league plot inconsistencies. The really, truly annoying bit with the face of Bo is, I've called you here to tell you something dead important. Nah, you're all right. Never mind. Yeah, but it seeds it. You know, so we're curious about the future and turns it into a big thing and then they fuck it up much further down. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. So are we good for some quotes, ladies and gentlemen? I'm going to go with... Well, there's two really for me. There's the one where Rose says, so what about the skin? I saw it. You sort of got ripped apart and shit. And she goes, that piece of skin was from the front of my body and this is <laughs> and Rose That's goes funny. so you're talking out of your she goes ask not well I can give mine it kind of sums up my feeling about the episode and I'm quoting Russell T. Davies I promised Billy an episode in which she'd be funny so episode one of the new series is very much based around comedy for Billy congratulations on summing up why that episode sucked <laughs> oh I don't really have a quote, but it's just all the little daft comments about where he'd put a little shop and how people like little shops. It's true, though. Everyone likes a little shop. They do like a little shop. Every time (laughs) we go to a museum now, we have a laugh every time you have to go through the little shop to leave. Yeah, and there's a big thing in the Doctor Who experience. Yes. You go in there and it's all about, the whole of the Doctor Who experience is all about hello shoppers. And I'm now going to push you out through the little shop, and I'm sorry about it. Little shop. Yeah, I like it. I don't need a quote. Fuck it. (laughs) Fuck the quote. Funny. You can quote me on that. Nice. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we have been... There is something else we need to mention, because there was a passing today of a great... Doctor Who bit part actor. Yeah. R.I.P. Sir Patrick Moore. Yeah. If you have a glass, grab one. Paddy Moore. When I was a kid, I had a load of Paddy Moore books, sci-fi stories and shit, even before I got into Doctor Who. Ladies and gentlemen, Rich Glass, Sir Patrick Moore. Sir Patrick Moore. May he glitter forever in the firmament. Fuck yeah. I suppose we better roll the wheel of who. The power of crawl. Oh, fucking brilliant. Okay. Oh, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. <laughs> <All right. That's> good. <laughs> okay, power of crawl it is. Next time, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very oh, much. Oh, hang on. The shit. What, what, what? Won't we have to do the Christmas episode first? Oh, fuck that shit. Oh, yeah, we do. <laughs> We do. Um, okay, TARDIS. We'll do your goddamn Christmas episode just to keep you fuckers happy. Oh, God. <laughs> Would you fucking stop whining? If you but- stopped whining, we wouldn't have a podcast. okay ladies and gentlemen we will do the last turkey in the shop which is the christmas episode and then after that we will do the power of crawl it's been ages since i watched power of crawl actually i remember remember the doctor being tied up and it was funny that's all i remember and a giant Uh, (gasps) there's a crack in it isn't there there's a squiddly diddly yeah 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 yeah. there's a big squid thing with a single eye over an oil rig yeah all right, I look forward to that. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for joining us. Thank That's you very much for following us on Google+. Plus. Oh, can somebody else do this? I'm so fucking... Thank you for following us on Google+. Plus. We love you! And then, um... Yeah, get, okay, go I'm do sorry. social media shit. Go on, you know where it all is. We've told you often enough. Go on, bugger off. Go on, go on. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to... 
the Dirty Hooers Doctor Who podcast. Follow us on iTunes or at DirtyHooers.com. Find us on Twitter at Dirty Hooers. Oh yeah, we're also on Facebook. See you next time. basically ask the prof what he's good to put in snippets of because clearly he's got a load of cat shit that he wants to stick in so he's asked us to do to cat but I think from now on the wheel of who should be the prof (laughs) no I think it's litter box full he said exactly like that